Like what you hear on Vancouver Co-op Radio CFRO 100.5 FM? Donate to the station and become a member of Vancouver's only community-owned and run radio station. As a member-owned cooperative, Co-op Radio doesn't have one owner. We have about 30,000 owners. We don't accept commercial advertising. We generate our revenue through donations from our members and listeners. Donate to Co-op Radio, become a member, and help us continue to make independent alternative radio. Visit coopradio.org to donate today. What's this? What is it? CBC sharpshooters, halt. Take aim. Fire. So perish all enemies of the Queen. Is this mic turned on? Wax poetic. Hi, kids. I'm a dinosaur hunter BMX rider. Long division sure comes in handy. All the little girls dream of one day biting into a corn dog and smiling at the camera. If I ran the web, you could email dead people. Wax poetic. Just say no to family values. In the terrarium is herpes. Herpes is a hermit crab. And I don't give a moment's focus to who does or doesn't like the sound of my voice. This is Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what if I write a poem like a song? Good afternoon and welcome uh, once again to Wax Poetic here on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. I'm one of your co-hosts this afternoon, R.C. Weslowski. And I'm your other co-host, Pamela Beverly. What's so funny? I don't know. I just all of a sudden I got the giggles. That's all right. That's a good sign. It'd be an interesting I I show. Yeah, I think it's just in response to I was something in your tone of voice that was, was amusing me or something. Oh. I don't know. Oh, good. And our guest this afternoon is Angela Paversky. Hi, Angela. Angela. Angelica. Angelica. See, you've lost me now. <laughs> yeah, we worked with on the, the last, last name. name. <laughs> yeah, Angelica Paversky. Hi, Angelica. Hi, RC. Hi, Pamela. Thank you for having me here today. Yeah, it's so nice to have you here. Uh, Angelica is uh, one of the um, regular youth poetry slammers. You've been a participant in Hullabaloo for um, the last couple of years as well, and your guest today. So we like to have our guests start things off. So let's hear something from you. Sure. Okay, cool. So I'm going to start off with the poem where I introduce myself. So I thought that'd be kind there of fitting. Hi, my name's Angelica. You don't really know anything about me at all, but you can add me on Facebook and you can find out how tall my dad is and we can exchange <laughs> likes and you can find out how I like to go on bike rides at night. And hi, I'm blank, 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 generic name. I don't really give a shit, but you can follow me on Google Plus anyway. Hi, I'm hi, I'm how about the weather? Hi, I'm hi, I'm where'd you get that sweater? Hi, I'm here for false perception. Wait, I mean, I'm here for the better. Why, hello there, my name is Human Interaction, and what can you offer me? I call this tongue twister the most ironic silent game, because we speak to each other focused on our own names. Hello, my name is asking questions to make it seem like you care. Hello, my name is looking the person in the eye to make it seem like you are actually there. Hello, my name is small talk with big expectation, the expectancy that every conversation comes to be a little less about feeling and a little closer to strategy. And that is even if we get the chance to speak. Most of the time, the suction cups win. The ones that glue my gaze to my feet on the sky train or make me look out the window filled with rain instead of the person sitting beside me. Ignore the old lady who need a conversation as she walks across the street. I had first not agreed to my cynical philosophy until I actively listened to what I was saying, and even I was playing the game I had loathed I had spoke disgusting things, whispering charismatically, moist, lugubrious, bulbous, gurgling curd. But it's not my fault, as they would reply with, no, have you seen that mucusy, pusty, musty turd? How I fondled that yeast, moist, moist orifice. The saggy string of words would sound so cringeworthy, mostly because together they would amount to nothing. It is my fault as any that I I still go to bed wondering why it is so novice to be considered honest, why someone would speak out if there was no profit, why as soon as someone talks about ache, I consider it as unheard of today as a Shakespearean sonnet. It is my fault I go to sleep wondering why the word suicide sounds like a symphony, yet it is the strongest type of soliloquy, and maybe it is because our language doesn't quite match our emotional dictionary. 
compromising our feelings inside to just cringe again and again at the word hi instead of saying hello. Some days it's hard for me to be alive. This is why our what's up haze and this is my name have little dignity because we do not speak past these pellets of primary accurately. We think we are all alone, but if we are all alone, aren't we closer to unity? As we learn to speak truthfully, touching our naked hands in ambiguity, silence will remain the most sincere form of reality. So hello, let me speak to you truthfully, selflessly. My name is... (laughs) And it ends. And it ends. I didn't know note. if it was yeah. I didn't know if it was a dramatic <laughs> pause, so I was waiting. Yeah, just wait. I usually just like stare at the audience, and then I'm just like, then I walk off stage really dramatically. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Drop the mic. <laughs> yeah. Drop the mic. Yeah. So our audiences have to. Our audience here has to imagine that that you've stared at them and dropped yeah, off. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I really liked that. And Thank you. I, it was good after our introductions as well. Um, <laughs> that connection thing, right? Where we have i love the little for the first part where you're kind of implying that there's this connection because you can go and follow each other on all these various social medias but i've noticed also that all the different ways we have to communicate and this might be because of my age because i was grew up way before all of these different ways actually don't necessarily make us communicate oh yeah more totally totally they make us communicate so much worse i definitely think i mean it's really easy to share like simple things with everyone all the time you can just be like hey i'm eating a banana right. yeah but then you're hanging out with your friend and you're like huh, how do i have a conversation with you and i'm then, just gonna look at my phone yeah exactly and and i find that more beyond that like the reason i wrote the poem is just because um when you're talking to someone, it's not even that you can't keep a conversation. It's just the conversation has less and less meaning to a point where you can't really discuss these issues that people are always so sad about. And But then they just go to Tumblr and they talk about it instead, instead of actually, you know, having real life interaction with people. Yeah, I like those two lines where you talked about like each conversation becoming more like a strategy. Yeah. And then also the idea of us not having the emotional language or the language to talk about our emotional like what we really need to talk about or what we really want to talk about. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah definitely. I think it's, uh, it's yeah, it's almost like a lack of words just because we haven't been using that part of our brains, like at least for me, because I kind of grew up like this in this way where people are, when I was born, people were already on cell phones and all that sort of thing. So yeah, and you just see with my friends and people, like they're just not talking about things that are, necessarily important it's cool to have you know conversations about just whatever but i think it's definitely important to have conversations about things that are you know real in the world and mm-hmm. i find there's a lack of that now yeah. you hang out with a lot of um other youth poets or, yeah. or in conversation with them do you find that that is the same within that uh, group of people yeah. like, or are people communicating more easily that's actually a really awesome question yeah i actually find that uh with poets and with uh like musicians and my friends that are more artistic in that sense they're I guess a lot of the times now people that are poets or doing things like that they see that disconnect and the way that social media says we are interacting the way we actually are interacting and I feel like everyone's kind of fighting for that to you know have those real life connections with people especially artists so I find that yeah it is better but at the same time like we're all still struggling I find at least I think so I don't know yeah Yeah. and you talk about those things on the stage yeah. You pick the things that you think are important to talk about on because you're you, do you think of yourself as a performance poet? Yes, I so think so. It's fair to say then you think about you say those things on stage. Yeah, I do. Um yeah, and I brought that issue up on stage, I guess. And yeah, I'm trying to bring up more issues on stage, but it's hard to not do it without with I guess the challenge with it is you want to say it in a way that people understand what you're talking about, but you also don't want it to be cliché. Uh, where you're using things that people already think about. So it's this weird balance between the two that I sometimes struggle with, I find. And how do you do that? How do you succeed at that? <laughs> I don't know if I succeed at that, but um, <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to. So. Well, yeah. I think you're one of the people that I see regularly, and you do tackle um, issues that are meaningful to you, but, you know, issues of the day, whether it's, you know, the... Uh, LNG pipeline or technology and interaction and all that sort of stuff and I find that you do do it in a in a different way or definitely it feels like you're doing it from your perspective so I think that's 
one of the more um, interesting things about when you get up on stage. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I, I hope so. I mean, I'm far from you, though. You're, yeah. You you break the boundaries. <laughs> but is country. that a conscious, so it's a conscious decision on your part to try to oh, uh, yeah. express it a little differently? Like thinking, yeah, oh, definitely. Okay. Yeah, I definitely, I don't, uh, I don't really see the point in just kind of telling people what you're saying, you know, or, because it's poetry. It's supposed to be, at least my eyes, I mean, you can write poetry however you want to, but when I write poetry, I want to be doing it creatively. I want to be showing something to the audience. I want them to be kind of discovering it while I'm telling them. I don't want to have to be forcing my wisdom, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want to be saying something in an interesting way. Yeah. Well, let's hear another example of that. Yeah, then. for sure. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> All right, so this is... It's an old poem, but I still like it. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's called The Elephant in the Room. And actually, um, I saw one on YouTube. It was called The Reptile in the Room by someone. And I was going to click on it, but then I was I got really sad because I was like, oh, that's such a better idea already, just the title The Reptile. But <laughs> all right. <laughs> so this is what it is. Someone in this room will die first, but not in a depressing way. I mean, in the way that the sun will one day decay, explode. It'll be brutal and terrible with the roads and debris and the world covered in ice and it'll get really hot and everyone will go insane and the human race will be lost and afraid, but not in a depressing way. <laughs> I mean, it in the way that global warming exists, but I cannot resist being selfish. I mean, it in the way that most of the time we're too occupied to recognize the color of the eyes of the person sitting beside us, but they don't mind us not knowing as long as we're not showing that we don't care. You see, Roji Viv, the colors of flags, separation of six tricks, smiling you, me. We're afraid to point out the truth. We're afraid to point out the elephant living in the darkest room because we're scared that when we turn on the light, we'll realize the zoo we blindingly kept out of sight broke the roof. The elephant is, of course, mentioned not in a depressing way. Every second a baby is born, a tree is planted or torn out of its roots, an owl hoots, a computer dies, another person cries, someone falls in love and a family shatters under the shadow of suicide. A janitor cleans up puke, someone shakes the hand of a naked duke, an elephant smiles, a tiger beams, an alien tests the breath of fame, and a assassinated galaxy. Our universe splits in two every moment, expanding infinitely, indefinitely, but our thoughts, they're still on the verge of infidelity. And I mean this in a depressing way. Now, you're asking yourself, who am I to say we're all thinking wrong? After all, after all of this, I must be self-aware enough to not care that I'm not too significant at all. I represent nothing more than one out of the 108 billion to ever live on this planet, and I haven't even written Hamlet or sung the constellations enough to map it. But I like to think I'm the best, and I try hard to be. <laughs> the best poet, they all know it. The girl the boys wanted to bring home, only single because I choose to be alone. But that's a naked flesh trip from the bone, like fascist origami. I'm not iconic like Gandhi. My brain doesn't orgasm candy. I'm not the evil twin of Handy Mandy, so I get it. I don't matter, and neither do you. So what do we do? Well, we take a bong, get high, instead of looking the elephant in the eye, put our hands in our pants, watch porn, fill ourselves with scorn, stop the cycle of thoughts and start the cycle of dopamine, but life isn't about the fornication of silenced anxiety. It's about looking the elephant in the eye and saying you aren't afraid to be the first person in this room to cry, lie, die, so we wouldn't be stuck subsiding, hiding, forcefully forgetting about the elephant in the room. We could be gliding, riding our hands on ivory tusks, playing piano keys from the giant's memories, using the obvious to fuel the artistry. I mean this in the way that lets you know that even when your eyes close, the world still spins, it still goes on. The way you feel inside it says one day you'll blink just for a lifetime and never again will your poetry melt into prose. The I love you's you said will melt into roses on your tombstone. I'm not writing this poem because I like it. I'm writing it because I cannot fight it. The truth. Because eventually, the elephants will have to point out the humans in the room. <laughs> Or crush them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or pick them up at this trunk. Yeah. Give them a pick ride to the then. grocery store. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> Through the roof. Uh, so you use, um, I don't know if, I can't remember if you still do, but I know like that one seems to be hip hop rhyme yeah. influenced. And is that um, something that you're still doing or is that something, it, it, is that because just you like it or? I like rhyming words a lot. I really like rhyming words, and I do like rap on the side with my band. So that's oh, okay. a cool thing that I enjoy. And I like, I really, I don't know, I just find the rhymes really exciting, but I also find it sometimes predictable. So I guess I don't include it as much in my latest poems 
for some reason, but I definitely still do like well, it. Well, it's just that mill section there where you have yeah. that in it. Yeah, and it worked. It was like you busted out into it, and then you kind of like, okay, I'm done with that, and we <laughs> like a different rhythm for the rest of the poem. But yeah. they weren't predictable rhymes. Cool. Thank you. I'm glad yeah. they weren't predictable. But you could definitely feel that hip-hop yeah, influence. Yeah. 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 And you just sort of slipped that in there. Oh, and the band that I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> Tell yeah. us more about the band. Yeah, thinking oh. that we're not going to go back to that. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Well, we're called Goons, and there's <laughs> three of us, and we're a folk rap band. Um, yeah, there's <laughs> we're girls, and we just write songs, and we just recorded a song for um, – this group that I'm called, uh, we're called Hum, and it's Healing Using Music. And basically what we do is we perform music. Um, and sometimes I do some poetry, too, um, just around for, like, senior citizens and different homes and that sort of thing. And, yeah, we're releasing an EP, so my band got to record a song professionally. So that was really cool. What was the song you decided to record? Um, my friend Sam, she is, we all kind of switch instruments but she mainly plays the uh, banjo and the ukulele that answers my other question which was what makes you folk oh <laughs> <laughs> that was gonna be my <laughs> what part is the rap and what part is the folk <laughs> yeah so yeah that's the folk part for sure um yeah so uh, yeah it's a song called uh, bc fairies and it's um <laughs> Spelled ironically and correctly with like fairies, like a, like a <laughs> yeah. nymph, like yeah, a yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's what it was. That's the song, and just a three-minute song. And I do some rap, and we all play instruments and sing. And can you song. can you spit some of those uh, rhymes from that poem a little bit? Do you have those memorized? Um, I don't know. I maybe I'll try. I'll try until I fail. Yeah, okay. The ocean's greater than blue with all these safety nets. It's obviously better turn our life jackets until regret upset the wet. I'll bet my head if the sea was a bed, I would have said don't sleep with the kiss. Obviously better turn our Pacific dreams into a pacifier kiss. Locked wrist Pacific pacifier. I'd swim higher, but no it's not it's not there but (laughs) there there are some words inside that song that you should listen to at a point so (laughs) i I was just gonna say i like the wordplay because the (laughs) i never until you said it associated the word pacific with pacifier and of course they come from the same root right because when you talk when you talk about something being pacific like not the ocean not a proper noun yeah anyway so I, that's what I like about that kind of play. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. yeah, uh, the song's uh, about kind of just like feeling closed off and she's comparing it to the ocean. I was like, oh, wait, but a pacifier. Oh, Pacific. I just I just kind of died and I was oh, words are so cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. What were you going to say? Arcee, I, uh, I can't remember. But um, so I hope you don't mind me. How old are you? I'm 16. And uh, so then how, how long have you been involved with uh, spoken word? Because you were with Hullabaloo and oh, stuff. Uh, well, I talk about your background a bit. Yeah, I started writing when I was a small one. I was five years old when I started, when I picked up a pencil for the first time. And uh, yeah, I just kind of figured out that words can rhyme. And I thought that was really cool. And I didn't really <laughs> understand that they have to make sense when you rhyme them. But I just kept rhyming them. And I was like, I'm going to be the next Dr. Seuss. And so yeah, I just kept, I always was really good at English in school. And then I saw this thing on YouTube called Slam Poetry. And I was like, what is a slam poetry? Um yeah, and then I started writing poems that sounded better when they were spoken out loud. And then I kind of just got into that more because I realized that there was a certain power in saying them out loud rather than someone reading them. Because if they were reading it, it sounds wrong. I don't know. Like they would read out <laughs> loud. And I'm like, that's not where you put the emphasis. But yeah, so I then the first time I performed something was at the Vancouver Public Library. And it was a summer youth thing i can't even remember what it was but i was 13 and then i discovered the slam at cafe de soleil and then i went there and that was really cool and yeah after that it just sort of started happening and mm-hmm. yeah and what school are you attending i'm at mcmath secondary in Richmond. and you are you 
Are you planning on uh, bringing another team to Hullabaloo in 2015? Yeah, we have a we have a club. It's definitely, yeah, I find that at other schools, it's a lot more, maybe just a Richmond thing. Richmond is very not super artistic sometimes, which kind of sucks, but that's okay. I try to bring that out more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a club? Yeah, it's a club. We have a club at school. Um, there's seven, seven people, I think, in it. Yeah, it's good. People are writing. And how often do you get together? Um, it's once a week. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's pretty dedicated then. Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, most of the people in the club are more into, like, listening to other people's spoken word rather than writing it, So, which is cool, too. But So yeah. how do you do that? Uh, just watching videos and just talking about poetry that they've seen and stuff. Yeah. Oh, cool. cool. Uh, yeah, and my response to you saying you were 16 was because I had thought you were older from some of the content, like just from some of the things you had said in the pieces that you'd already done. So, oh, yeah, that's oh. why I was like, whoa, I would have guessed at least 19. So. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, so as far as art and poetry and all that sort of stuff, is that something you want to continue to be doing throughout your life? Or is, or is that as a thing you do and you're going to work on something else or... Or have you thought about how you might define it or put it in your life? I don't know. I'm really interested in a lot of different things, which is kind of a problem for me. But <laughs> I don't know about that. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely have a lot of different interests. But art and poetry are huge in my life, and I really know that I'm going to be continuing that. Um, I don't know if I'm going to. That means I'm going to be studying it, or what that means. But I definitely know I'll keep it up. Yeah. You're listening to Angelika Puverski today on Quack, Wax Poetic. On Quax Poetic. Quack Poetic. Quax Poetic. We're getting them all over the place, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> on 100.5 CFRO, Co-op Radio. Let's hear another piece. Sure. Okay. Do, do, do. So um, this one is just a funny one. I think it's funny. I don't know. I'm not a very good stand-up comedian yet, so... We'll see. Man versus man. Man versus environment. Man versus self. Man versus Wi-Fi. The sun was <laughs> shining. The trees flowing. The lovebirds were pining. The leaves blowing in the wind. Then I saw the world's greatest sin and everything came tumbling down. My heart sunk deep into the ground. The sky turned black. Pedestrians on the street were having a cardiac attack. My lips started to bleed and continuously crack. This was worse than a hack in my very own existence. This was the very worst false commitment. The little internet symbol on the corner of my iPhone screen deceived me. It got me excited. It ignited a spark inside of me. But you see, I wasn't actually connected simply falsely directed you might ask was it broken no this was simply my life in the deceitful hands of shaw open <laughs> finding a fish in the sea is easy soulmates are everywhere and few of them lie but finding wi-fi on the streets is a nightmare the internet is not interested in you but it pretends to care and you are the fish taking the fake bait and then it's too late it tells you you have a connection but instead it makes fun of your erection asking for your username i'm going to claw you until your inner truth is exposed until everyone knows how you pose until everyone starts calling you by your real name shaw closed now what should I do? I thought I found the pixie dust on the walkway to power my Twitter feed. I see a cafe. Should I enter and live the American dream? They have a sign on the window claiming to have the sweet golden magic on which I can always rely. The concept of having free Wi-Fi. I open the door and enter and then immediately leave the cafe. In short, I will put it this way. I have broken the hearts of many baristas and I admit, and I admit it made me a bit shocked when I made this one cry. How can I help you? I asked her, and she said, I don't... No, sorry. She asked me, how can I help you? And I replied, I don't want your muffins. I want your Wi-Fi. I'm not proud of this, but life is very hard, and I need a little bit of release. Dealers deal drugs, but for me, Google fuels my dreams. You might think I have a problem going to coffee shops and corner stores simply because I want to be saved from the agony being bored by simple things like cement or conversation. I'm not addicted. This isn't meth or cocaine. Because drugs are dangerous, but the internet is safe for work, mostly. <laughs> I need Wi-Fi. I look back at the sad coffee shop and start to scream into the sky, Please give me Wi-Fi, please! What else do you want from me? This is when the barista comes up behind me and says slowly and viciously, I would like you to purchase a muffin first. One could just buy data, but finding Wi-Fi is like finding meaning. The search <laughs> is just so much more valuable than its price. 
<laughs> it used to be that you would say you truly to truly know someone if you want to be in a relationship you should travel with them right because you get to know them but i heard the other day and i think it's true that you really never know someone until you see them deal with not being able to get an internet connection <laughs> That's hilarious. I think that's a very true thing. Because people handle it very differently and it tells you a lot about them. I know. It, it's true. As soon as like someone goes over to someone's house and they can't connect to internet, that's they just have to go. You know you know what type uh, of friend they are. Yeah. Are you um, on different types of uh, social media? I only have Facebook. I tried to make a Twitter for a second and then I got really upset with everything and deleted it. So, yeah. It was just, I made a small status and then no one retweeted it immediately. So I was like, no one loves me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it takes a little more work. Yeah. Definitely. Twitter does to build up a, um, in that poem and in the piece about the elephant in the room, there was a couple of times where, um, something resonated with me where you talked about, um, you know, smoking a bong or trying to get Wi-Fi instead of having conversation or looking at a mm -hmm. cement. So it's like this this idea of if we don't immediately connect to something, we don't try. We just disconnect or we, you know, get high or we mm -hmm. drink or whatever. And this is something I think about a lot. Yeah, totally. I find kind of the same thing in all my poems in this weird way. I kind of something that I always think about is just um, people uh not wanting to face things me too I don't want to face you know my problems my thoughts things like that and it's a lot easier to just you know connect to wi-fi or do drugs or you know go party instead of you know think about what it is that's bothering you and try and make a change so yeah yeah it's interesting to me that you parallel the doing drugs and getting wi-fi I, I don't know i think they're both ways that you kind of shut off your mind and mm -hmm. just get dopamine from an easy thing yeah, distract yeah i mean obviously there are different levels of that but they're still they're yeah. still the same yeah way. no i think there's definitely a parallel well i so i find the internet or facebook addictive you know, like going on if I don't have anything to do and I go, okay, I'll go on. And then the next thing you know, 90 minutes have passed by because all you've been doing is going to yeah. you know, web pages or reading statuses. and like, what the hell just happened? Why am I <laughs> doing that? I could have been outside or writing or something. Well, like and that. you don't even have a phone. And you, I think that's on purpose, is it not? Oh, yeah. Do you want to say anything about that? Or just, no. oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, so it's not tied into with what we're talking about. Uh, oh, maybe, maybe. I mean, I probably be even more, you know, addicted and on to on all those things more often if I had a phone and people would be bothering me, like trying to get in touch with me. But um, yeah, it's, it's it's for in a way, it's for my own self preservation. Oh, okay, my mental state. So, what is it? What is it like for you guys when you're hanging out with people and they're just on their phones or on their computers all the time? That's eh, annoying. Yeah, I find I st you know, and and I think. Especially for me, like riding the bus on the way to work this morning, uh, there's somebody on the phone and they're talking, they're doing their business deal. And it, it annoys me right. that people do that. But I think that there is, uh, and that may be generational because I know that lots of people who are younger or, you know, 30 and under or whatever, this is common. This is how this happens all the time and that's not a big deal and mm -hmm. it's not seen as obtrusive or invasive or anything like that by having your own personal conversation in public. All the, you know, I don't want to know. I don't care what's going on in your life. Shut up. You know, <laughs> yeah. basically. Um, and it's just, a, and you know, sometimes you're, you know, you're talking quietly, but if someone's talking loudly and right. almost like it's bragging, you know, it's like, right. uh, it just really bugs Humble me. Humble bragging. I'm so busy. I have to do this on the bus. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Do you care if people talk on oh. the bus or do you? Um, I, that's, I don't know. I care, I guess, kind of. But does it bother you, I guess? It, it does kind of bother me. It doesn't bother me so much. But what you said about uh, humble, humble bragging, just about uh, being busy, just the glorification of being busy is another mm. one that just bothers me so much. For sure. I know it's super not related, but you just said that. No, like, it is wow. related. It is related. It's another distraction, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, workaholism or whatever yeah. is also part of... Yeah, I have so to watch that because I like to be busy. I don't want to yeah, be same. bored. and But I also try to meditate. I try to spend time in silence. Like, I put my phone down. I want to talk to people, like, where I can look at them. I don't want to send them an email, particularly if they're not in the next room. Yeah, yeah. You know? So, yeah, I, I think about these things a lot, but... Um, we're almost out of time. So is there anything coming up that you want to tell us about that, that you're, you're going to be in? at or? 
When's your band playing next? When are we playing next? Oh, wow. Um, I don't know. I usually have stuff that's coming up, but I can't think of anything. Are you going to go strange. to this new uh, Youth Slam? Yeah. I'm gonna okay. Check that Let's out, talk about that. Just tell us about that. Well, coming up on Wednesday, this uh, week today, actually, um, January the 7th at the Vancouver Public Library, there is a brand new Youth Poetry Slam happening and uh, a little different, uh, different than the regular one that happens at Cafe de Soleil. This one will be at the Vancouver Public Library downstairs in the Peter K. Room. It's earlier. They will start at 5.30 and it begins with a one-hour, 45-minute workshop, poetry workshop, and this one will be led by Dia Davina and then Dia will do a short, very short three-poem feature and then we'll have a poetry slam and and it's free, and there'll be prizes, and uh, it's all downstairs at the Vancouver Public Library. On. Did you say how old people have to be? Uh, 13 to 19 is okay. kind of the, the rough age range. All right. And on um, Sunday, the kind of the opposite of the age range, uh, a Poetic Justice at 3 o'clock at uh, Heritage Grill in New Westminster, their usual time. This Sunday, it will be Show Wiley and Steve Duncan, who was one of the guys who kept Wax Poetic going for mm-hmm. years and years. Yeah. And uh, that is um, run by, out there in New West, as I already said. And then on Monday night... DMP, Daniel Mark Patterson, the prodigal poetry son, returns. <laughs> and uh, his first ever feature at the Vancouver Poetry Slam. Uh, Daniel was on the Urban Legends Poetry Slam team this past year. In Ottawa. And in Ottawa, and competed at the Canadian Festival of Spoken Word, which was in Victoria. So that's on Monday at Café des Great. Thank you very much for being our guest Thank today, you. Angelica. And we'll get it right at the end. Angelica Perversky. Yay! I'm calling <laughs> you Angelica. So yeah. I'm getting the last name right. Okay, Angelica Perversky. Yes, thank there we you go. so much. Well, we'll just Not take cool. it and put it at the front in, in editing. <laughs> but thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And happy new year to everyone listening. Yeah, yeah to you too. Yeah, be safe out there this evening if you're celebrating. Come to the Wise Hall. Or go I'll to be the working the door. Yeah, if you don't want to be safe. <laughs> and don't forget, there's free transit between 5 p.m. and 5 a.m. So, oh, uh, that's good to know. Take the transit, and SkyTrain's running an hour later than usual. Uh, so great. We'll uh, chat with you next week in the new year. And uh, I'm R.C. Weslowski. And I'm Pam Bentley. Our guest today has been Angelica Paversky. And No Apologies Necessary is coming up next. You've been listening to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what? So what? So what?
what? There's no apologies necessary. This is the last day of the year. We're going to play lots of rock and roll. And I don't have to apologize for it. Because there's no apologies necessary. This is Vulture Cult. Dirty Saskatchewan rock and roll. Listen to Co-op Radio, 100.5 FM. Happy New Year's, folks.
Seatbelts, folks. Because there's no apology necessary. My name is Zeke. Uh, I am without Kenan this week. That rhymed because uh, we're very skillful orally around here, obviously. <laughs> Some of the guys who are skillful orally is what you just heard. That was the Tubuloids with Hastings Beach. A little ditty about uh, a place we all know and love. If you don't know what I'm talking about, stead down to uh, Hastings in Maine and Pull yourself up a towel, a little umbrella, they've got some for sale, and uh, watch the waves as they come in and crash over you. I'm not sure if waves is the right word, unless you're thinking something internally. I don't really know what I'm talking about either. That's my New Year's resolution. I'm going to try to know what I'm talking about more. Uh, And on the other side of the coin, I'm going to try to talk less. Listen more, talk less. And if I'm going to talk, I better know what the hell I'm talking about. But since this isn't New Year's yet, I'm going to continue rambling on like an idiot, not knowing exactly what the hell I'm talking about. One thing I do know is uh, we just uh, played some awesome tunes. We just heard the Tubuloids, of course, with Hastings Beach. Before that, we heard A Beautiful Future by The Rebel Spell, who are playing a killer, awesome New Year's show at the Wise Hall, and uh, I'm not being paid to say this, but I'm just saying you should go to that show because it's going to be really good. Uh, Jeff Andrew um, and the Rebel Spell, and I can't remember who else is on the bill, but it's going to be freaking off the hook, so check it out. Hey, and if you're on Galliano Island, you can go see my co-host Kenan with his band High Society. They're playing a big New Year's bash over there. It'll be a great spot for, uh, for New Year's, so check it out if you're over there. And if you're here, like I said, come see the Rebel Spell. They've just released a new album. They're back in town, and they're going to blow your faces off with uh, some good old-school East Van punk punk rock music. Uh, before that, all we heard, uh, Welcome to the Land of the Dead by the Vulture Cult, straight out of Saskatchewan. What's up, Flatlanders? And The River by uh, local legends, Now Means Snow. Hi, everybody. This is Snow Means Snow. Anyone see that movie, The Room? I can't get that accent out of my head. That's all I've been talking like all the way. Oh, hi, Mark. Uh, If you haven't seen it, go see it. It's the biggest piece of crap in the world. So big of a piece of crap that it's awesome. And that's why it's uh, it's become famous. Kind of like this show. We're just got a piece of crap. I don't know if we're famous yet. But I... That's another New Year's resolution I'm going to make. I'm going to make this show crappier. I don't know if we can, but I think we're going to dive deeper the crappier we get the more notoriety. I think that's kind of the way the world is going. The crappier things are, the more popular they are. I jumped out of an airplane once and got a tattoo while in free fall. This is there's no joke. You can check it out on YouTube. I got like 34,000 hits. Uh, and then I saw a guy talking about how he was mad that people made fun of gingers. And he had like 1.5 million hits overnight. That's a piece of crap video. I jumped out of an airplane and got a tattoo. He was born with red hair. Really? Really. You know what? Forget this. I'm going to play some more rock and roll. How about, uh, oh, I don't know. How about an ass-kicking song by Big Sugar? You listen to No Apologies Necessary.
big sugar ride like hell. Uh, a little earlier, I was having a conversation about uh, words that are overused or uh, used incorrectly, like hilarious. People say things are hilarious, but they don't laugh. So how is that possible? Mildly entertaining, maybe, but hilarious it is not. Uh, epic is a word that is thrown around way, way, way too often, and I'm super sick of hearing epic for everything. Like, how was that hot dog? Dude, it was epic. There's no hot dog that is epic, unless it is like Slay the Dragon. Uh, I don't know. It's like a professional go-kart racer. Like, that's amazing for a hot dog. You could say that was epic. If it ran like the craziest race of all time and it was a hot dog, that would be pretty epic, dude. But um, this song that I'm about to play you right now, I think, is the true, true, true definition of epic. This is a band out of Montreal you may remember. A little band called uh, Priestess. This is the gem. Listen to it, folks. This is a true epic. For all of you on New Year's, here is the real definition of the word epic. Have I said epic enough? I think so. I'm just going to play this song because it's friggin' awesome. And if you want to hear one of the greatest albums of all time, check out Prior to the Fire. Love it. Love it. All right. I'm going to quit talking. You're listening to Apologies Necessary, 100.5 FM, Co-op Radio, Vancouver's one and only cooperative radio station, made possible by folks like you and bands like this. (laughs) 